glad to be together with you. We are in the final week of a series that we've called Square One. We have been going through a letter that we typically call the Book of Ephesians and looking at some of the things that maybe we've picked up along the way, um, baggage that we're carrying, things that um, are really kind of weighing us down, and we're going to take those things off and just take a look at our foundation. What are, what are the things that we're building our faith on, and are, is that the right thing? Um, because if the foundation's whacked up, then the house probably isn't going to stand. So um, that's what we've been doing, and we've been doing this for eight weeks now. This is the ninth week, which is, I think, might be the longest series I've done. I don't, I don't recall doing one this long. Um, so I've been kind of jarred by how long it's gone. But if you haven't been here for any of that, like that's okay. If you want to know what we're uh, building our faith on, here's kind of our big ideas that we've explored. And I want you to listen as I, as I just go through these real quick. Listen for who the one is, who's the one who's doing the work, all right? Would you, would you listen for that? God picked you to be in Christ for his purpose. God picked you to be in Christ for his purpose. We work hard to journey together because Jesus is paving the way. Jesus is our only source for true life and purpose. Jesus meets our greatest need before we know we need it. God alone strengthens us to grasp his great love. Jesus grows us to care for his most precious investment. Walking with Jesus means we trust him when he warns of danger. A family following Jesus walks his path of humility. Who's the one who's doing most of the work in, in, those, in those big ideas? There's not a trick question. Jesus, God, like if we're going to build our faith on the right foundation, it starts with not anything that we've done, uh, it starts with everything that God has done on our behalf. Like, that's the starting point. Um, I don't have the strength to actually cross the boundary to make myself right with God. I have to rely on God to come here uh, and to build a bridge, build a way for us to go. And that's what Jesus did. He came and he laid his life down as an example for us. And the, the foundation of our faith is that work that he has done. Like that, if we build on anything else, we're wasting our time. So that's really the thrust uh, the gist of the book of Ephesians, if you will. Um, and today, we're going to see that Jesus shows himself strong as we dress in his character. This passage is one that um, you might have heard off and on if you've been around church at all. Um, and it kind of usually just stands by itself. So I don't think, you know, if you didn't get any of the stuff I've already said, like we can start here. And uh, this will all kind of hang together. But for those of us who have been with it, I, I really want for us to see that this isn't just dropped in out of the blue, like it actually is connected to the other things that we've been talking about together. So as we begin all of that journey, uh, let's pause together and we'll pray. It's our habit as Neighborhood Church to pray the disciples' prayer together. Um, and I'd invite you to pray together with me. If you'd like to pray out loud, the words are on the screen. But at the very least, would you bow uh, your hearts together with me and let's begin our week um, before our Father. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and navigate to the letter of Ephesians. If you want uh, to follow along, it'll probably be helpful to you. Uh, If you want to use the blue Bibles, they're kind of tucked up the chairs uh, in front of you. We're going to be on page 1220, 1220 in the blue Bibles, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, page 1220 in the blue Bibles. Now, this is a letter. It was written to a group of Christians um, in a city called Ephesus. It was written by the pastor who started the church, who had been away for a number of years and is writing back to them to encourage them because they have heard uh, that he's been in prison. He was out preaching the gospel. He was out preaching the good news, telling people about Jesus. And there, were, there was enough hostility to that message that he now is in jail So obviously, if you hear that your pastor has been arrested, you're going to be concerned about that. He writes a letter to them to try to encourage them. Hey, this isn't like this actually isn't a problem for me. Uh, This is actually going to serve to to advance the gospel. Um, And so we're reading somebody else's mail and we're reading the conclusion of somebody else's mail. So if there's something here that's confusing, maybe it's tied to something else. But I'm going to try and bring all those threads together. Let's read. I'm just going to read those first uh, couple of verses. Ephesians chapter 6 in verse 10. I'm going to start in verse 10 because it starts, finally. Okay, so we're at the end. All right, we ready? (laughs) Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. I'm going to pause there. So we've done this exercise together that I've just called the gist, where we take the words of the text and we want to underline the words that are helping the, helping the idea move forward. And so this isn't an exact science. It's just sometimes when preachers get to talking, they stick a bunch of extra words in there. And so if we can get, see through the extra words to the ones that kind of matter, then that would be helpful. Um, so these are, this is the one that I've kind of developed uh, for this week in this section. Be strong in the Lord. Put on the whole armor of God that you may stand against the devil. For we wrestle against the spiritual forces of evil. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may stand firm. So, um, knowing what battle we're in actually gives us a whole lot of clarity. Um, If you are kind of walking into a room and all of a sudden people are shooting paint at you, you might be really, really confused. Unless you walk into the room knowing that you're walking into a paintball field right? Like if if you walked in the door here and we started shooting you with paint, like that would be unsettling, right? Yeah? If it's not, like that could be a lot of fun. So, okay. If you walk walk into a room and, and, but you know, like on the other side of this door is an arena. And when I open these doors, I make myself a target. And so I come in, presumably dressed to get shot with paint, right? So knowing what battle we're in actually gives us clarity to the context of what's happening. Um, If we don't expect a battle, then we're going to be unsettled when suddenly people are shooting at us, right? But knowing that there's a battle uh, gives us that kind of a clarity. So Paul here at the end is saying, hey, you need to know that 
we're actually in an ongoing battle. It doesn't look like it. It just looks like you're going to work. It just looks like you woke up and you're, and you're like dragging yourself to the coffee pot and you're hoping you get the right ratio so you can get that caffeine. Like it just looks like normal life, right? But what Paul's saying here is that there actually is a spiritual battle that's going on, that our, our, our battle, our struggle is not actually against flesh and blood. It's not against our spouse. It's not against our children. It's not against our boss at work. Our battle is actually against the spiritual forces at work in the world. Unfortunately, we don't have eyes that can see that, right? Like, I don't, I don't wake up in the morning, and most of the time, I'm not, like, seeing angels in conflict around me. Maybe that's just me. Uh, if you can see that, then I'd really like to have a conversation. That could be fascinating. But most of us don't have eyes that can perceive the conflict that we face. Most of the time, we're just stuck with symptoms. Um, if you're in the medical field, like, you know that you, the thing that people come to the doctors for is because they can identify symptoms. I'm having this problem. This thing isn't working right. But, if, but you can sometimes address the symptoms, but it doesn't fix the problem, Right? So what's the cause of the disease? We oftentimes can see the, the result, the symptoms of this spiritual warfare, but not often do we actually draw ourselves back to seeing the cause of it, that there's something at work behind the scenes that I can't see, but is actually having a real impact on my life, right? So um, this is actually not new information. If you've been tracking through the book of Ephesians, he's, he has alluded to this in a number of different places. Um, in chapter 1, verse 10, chapter 1, verse 22 and 23, uh, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5. Like he has brought up the fact that there are things going on in the background. That Jesus is saving people, but he's not saving people, one, because they're good. He's not saving people because, um, because he wants to, um, I'm, I'm, I can't think of another example. The reason he's saving people is because he is showing himself and who he is to an audience that we can't see. When we read words um, like uh, against the rulers, I'm in verse 12, but against the rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers over this present darkness and spiritual forces of evil, when we read rulers and authorities, we're probably thinking of like government officials. But for, for the people that he was writing to first, they would actually hear angel language in that. When you talk about the, the rulers and the powers and the authorities, you're actually, those are actually classes of angels that they would, they would be pretty familiar with. For us, we're like, it just, <laughs> just sounds like the government to me. But, but, but he's saying, no, 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 these are, these are actually like spiritual forces, that the things that are happening on the planet are, are things that are related to things that are going on behind the scenes. That's, man, that's a lot of words. I don't, I'm afraid we've lost you already. There's, there's a story in scripture. Um, there's a guy named Jacob, and he's on the run. He cheated his brother. His brother's trying to kill him. And he, he's out, he's, he's sleeping, and he's got a, a rock as a pillow. Like, that's how rough life is. He's sleeping on a rock, okay? Out, out in the middle of nowhere. And he wakes up in the middle of the night, and he sees, he sees angels going up and down on a staircase or on a ladder. And from that moment, he starts a walk with God. What do angels on a ladder mean? <laughs> like, what, what's going on? He's seeing that there's a spiritual connection to the life that he's living on earth. He's seeing that the choices that he's making in relationship with his brother are actually related to spiritual matters. And that those things are not like in another realm, but they're part of the same reality that we live in. 
And oftentimes we operate as though like all we have is this physical world and we can't figure out why the math doesn't add up. And the math doesn't add up because we're forgetting we have a soul. So at the beginning, he says, hey, I, I want you to be aware of this and I want you to be strong in the Lord. Um, and, and, and in the strength of his might. Like here's what's, if I start talking about demons and Nephilim and Rephaim and all of the like crazy stuff that happens, like we can get pretty overwhelmed by that. And so even as Paul tells us, there's this stuff going on in the background that you need to be aware of that's actually opposing the work that God's doing in your life. I can get overwhelmed by that and I can start to get flustered. But he says that in the phrase where he also says, be strong in the Lord. God can see it. I don't have to. Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might, not in my ability to overcome demonic forces and, and the spiritual powers of this present darkness and the, coming from the heavenly places. I don't, I'm not equipped to do that. That's above my pay grade. I don't, I don't know how to handle some of that stuff, but I'm not standing in my own strength. I'm standing in the strength of the Lord and the, and the strength of his might. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. You know what's interesting about this? He says, I want you to get dressed and I want you to stand there. Stand firm. Stand. Stand, 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 stand. He says it four times. We've read four verses. He says four times in four verses. Stand. I'm telling you, there's all this stuff going on and the instruction. All I need you to do is I just need you to get dressed and I need you to stand there, please. Get dressed, be prepared, and show up. Um, it's often that God's battle plan doesn't involve much fighting on our end. I, we read together from Exodus chapter 14, um, an instance where God shows up to Moses in a really crisis situation, and everybody's freaking out because it's obvious that we're all going to be obliterated. And God says, hey, she, she, I'm going to fight for you. Just be quiet. And that's one instance, but there are many instances. As we read through the way that God has interacted with his people in the past, there's many instances where he says, you just, just show up. Just put your armor on and show up. I just, need, just stand there. Don't get in my way. Don't try to help me. I just, just stand there, okay? You just stand there, right there. Don't move. Stand. Stand firm. But I want to help. No! Just stand there. The parents are giggling. Y'all know. <laughs> Get dressed, be prepared, and show up. Now, here, here's, here's the thing. He says we wrestle with these things. I, I like to think that these things are far off and that maybe the enemy is like th uh, driving drones in to strike me, but he says that we wrestle with these things. This is not just like a, a conflict that's happening somewhere far off. This is close combat. Like he's up in your business. He's smelling your pits. And so this is actually like a real conflict that we're in, and it's an intimate conflict. But in that intimate conflict, whatever we are wrestling with, he says, I need you to stand firm in my strength. Just stand there. And what do we stand firm on? What's, what's the ground that we stand firm on? Hmm? The rock? 
A rock, yeah, we stand firm on a rock, on a good foundation. Um, currently, I'm flashing back to Jesus saying, if, you, if anyone hears my words and does them, he builds his, rock, his house on a, on a solid foundation. The, where I went earlier this week was, um, as Paul prays for these people, as he prays for the people he's writing to, he says, I pray that God would help you to be rooted and grounded in the love of God. Like, rooted and grounded. Like, that sounds like a thing to stand firm on. Like, I can't, can't do anything if I'm rooted here, Right? So I pray that you be rooted and grounded in the unknowable love of God, that he would increase your knowledge of the thing that you can't actually wrap your head around. I think that's fascinating. So, church, neighbors, will we trust Jesus when he warns us of unseen danger? I can't see it. It can't affect me, right? Mm. Can't really see the wind, but... It came through this week, eh? Picked up enough sticks to know that things that I can't see can impact my life. Will we trust Jesus when he warns us of unseen danger? And here's what I hope that we walk away with, that Jesus shows himself strong as we dress in his character. Jesus shows himself strong as we dress in his character. Let's continue reading together uh, in verse 13, Ephesians 6 and verse 13. Therefore... So because of all of that, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Verse 14. Stand, therefore, again, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So uh, Paul, you know, he's a preacher. He's got a lot of extra words, and he's painting a picture of a soldier standing in armor. And as he does that, he identifies different components of his faith. So the gist of this is stand, therefore, in case you missed it, stand, therefore, having trust. Is that what I meant to say? Truth. That should be truth. Having truth. (laughs) Stand, therefore, having truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, and the word of God. Praying in the spirit. Keep alert, making supplication for the saints and for me to proclaim the gospel boldly. So, stand, get dressed, and stay awake. (laughs) Sounds pretty simple.